It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, as Christians, it's important for us to know the times in which we live. Uh, on Sunday, you give a message called As the Sons of Issachar, talking about the fact that here was this group of people in Israel who understood the times and what Israel was supposed to do. And if someone hasn't listened to that message, I'd encourage them to go to ellersley.com and, and listen to that message. But this week, we've been walking through strategies. Could you explain even why we're walking through strategies? Yeah, I, I think many of us are feeling somewhat of a paralysis in regards to that idea of what we ought to do right now. Uh, what is the Christian supposed to do as a businessman? What am I supposed to do as a uh, as a church leader? As a you know, because I'm a pastor. What am I supposed to do? Uh, do I go on the offensive? Do I barricade and try and just you know survive? You know, live out the storm. What is God's agenda right now? The times in which we live. Do I understand them? And do I know what I ought to do? And I would say, in a general sense, we feel a fog bank in that. So what we decided to do this week as an outflow of that sermon is to break it out into smaller strategies that are more on the individual level that each of us can apply now that are clear. This is what we're supposed to do. And yet, even though it might not solve some of the bigger pictures, like, hey, are you supposed to move to a different state? Uh, it, they can actually create the catalyst for that to take place. And so that's what that's what we're covering. You know, the strategy of relinquishment, which was on Monday, the strategy of recalibration, which if you haven't heard that one, you need to hear it just to hear Nathan's title for it. And then today, the strategy of repentance. It's because I couldn't remember the title just for clarity's sake. Yeah, uh, that was a good moment. That was, uh, I really was enjoyed painful. that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so we're talking about repentance uh, in this particular episode. Could you explain why repentance is so important, especially in light of what's going on in today's culture? Yeah, well, and repentance is a is a key function, as we'll we'll unpack today, that is not just a you know oh I repented once in my life, but it is a it is a something we cultivate uh, regularly uh, in our spiritual disposition, and we are always ready to participate in. And it's this idea, and you and I both, you know, we could go back and give different ways to express it. And, but it's, a lot of people look at it as a turning, you know, like you're walking towards the edge of a cliff and you're going to turn. That's technically not the exact Greek phrase, but it helps us understand because that is the function of it. You, you don't keep going in a direction. You're actually altering your course. You're altering something about your life. And uh, so for me, one of the best illustrations that I've used is uh, like a glass cylinder. And so you can see through it and it's full of water, but the water is murky and it's polluted. Yuck. And yet this is you. This glass cylinder is you. You're full of a bunch of junk. And uh, so then God comes up to you and he says, hey, I'd like to give you some living water. You're like, okay, God, great. Boy, I, should, could, I sure could use that. So why don't you dump it on top? He goes, I can't, can't mix. And so we're like, what? Well, how am I supposed to get it? Well, you need to get rid of that stuff that's on the inside. You need to dump that out. You need to forsake one to receive the other. In other words, you can't have both. You can't keep going in an old pattern and live a new way. You can't keep doing it the way you've always done it and do it a new way. And so as a result, you need to let go of a previous in order to take a new. Uh, once you build on that with sort of your definition to to help sort of fill in gaps around it because it's an interesting word that I think all of us try and get a mental grip on. <clears throat> yeah, I think a lot of us 
when we hear the word repentance, we immediately think sin. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll repent of sin, which is very true. We need to repent of sin. In fact, it is interesting as we progress in the Christian life, I think we actually end up repenting more and more as we progress because that road of sanctification gets narrower and narrow. Is that how you say That's it? Good. Narrower. Excellent. Which means he's going to be refining and convicting us of smaller and smaller things, motives and attitudes and yeah. rolling of the eyes, not just uh. big things like I murdered three people last weekend. So as we progress, like we end up repenting more and more. So that that is a very real, true reality. Uh, the best definition I've heard is giving up a former thought to embrace a new thought. Mm. And the reason I like that is because of the fact that when you, when you look at what the Greek, it has this to change your mind, basically, mm. is the idea. Yeah. But it's interesting that you can actually repent and it has nothing to do with sin. Uh, and again, uh, being sorry for your sin doesn't mean you've repented either. No. Uh, we know that Judas was sorry for his sin, uh -huh. right? He took the money and threw it back in the temple, but he never repented. So apparently you can be sorry for your sin and never repent, and yet you can repent and it could be about something that's not about sin. And you, and you see that several times in scripture. For example, uh, John the Baptist in the Jordan was preaching a baptism of repentance, which means anybody who was being, <clears throat> excuse me, being baptized by John was being baptized in a baptism of repentance. Well, then it's awkward because Jesus shows up and says, uh, John, I, I need to be baptized, which means what? Jesus was repenting. And you're like, uh, theologically, <laughs> Jesus had no sin. And I'd be like, you're correct. And so here's Jesus who, who knew no sin, and yet he's repenting? What does he, what does he have to repent of? But he's repenting of a former way of thinking. For for thirty years he's taking you know he's he's been at home he's been a carpenter's son he's he you know dad died and so he's taking care of the family and well he's he's now turning he's he's heading into ministry, and so what is he doing he's he's being baptized he's being baptized under a baptism of repentance giving up the former thought process the former way of living the former uh, function the former systems the former lifestyle and embracing a whole new deal, mm -hmm. and it's interesting John the Baptist says uh, no 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 I cannot baptize you you should baptize me. And Jesus says, no, you need to do this. So what does John need to do? Repent. And again, it's, it wasn't sin, but he had to repent and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to give it my former way of thinking and my former way of how I thought things were supposed to be. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to baptize you. So I'm going to have to repent. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about Mary and Martha uh, the other day. And isn't it interesting that, that here's Mary who comes and sit at the feet of Jesus. What is she doing? In one sense, she's repenting. She's given up her former way of how the culture and how society sees uh, womanhood and, and a disciple and, and the fact that she's going into the men's quarters and and she's she's throwing that all off to embrace the Messiah Jesus. Uh, so we're we're living a lifestyle of repentance, which as a Christian we should always live a lifestyle of repentance. Uh, we need new manna every single day. Mm -hmm. So even the good thoughts of Jesus I had yesterday, it's not that they were bad; they weren't mm -hmm. evil; that they're really good. But today I have to embrace him afresh. Mm -hmm. So what what I need to do? I need to repent of that former mm -hmm. to embrace the new, which is him. So there's a repentance or a change or a, a letting go of a previous pattern, a form, a a way of life. Yep. And then there's obviously the change and the giving up of sin. Yep. And we usually, and as you've said, and the Bible even is going to typically be used in that format of a change of attitude of inner man to say, to agree with God. It's like, God, that behavior is wrong. Your behavior is right. I'm going to give up my behavior and to receive your behavior and to walk in a new way. And both are important. 
And uh, I think what you're bringing up is almost um, critical for the topic at hand, which is the strategy of repentance. Each of us has to be ready, mobile, agile to understand the times in which we live so that we can do what we ought to do, as opposed to saying, I don't want to be in these times. I want it to be 2019 again. And as a result, what you're doing is you're hardening to the working of God. God, he's not the one sponsoring the evil in our generation, but he is sponsoring the church's response to the evil. And so he has an agenda. The Holy Spirit is desirous to move us forward as the church, but we, in a sense, have to repent of a stale version of Christianity. By the way, you know, we can all try and defend the way it was in 2019, but the church was dying back then too. We have been going downhill for a long time as the global church, and we need to be sparked. And so as a result, if this is what needs to happen so that we can get sparked, praise God. But the Holy Spirit has a desire to move us forward into a fresh behavior, a fresh relationship with him. So what do we need to do? We need to repent, not because what we were doing before gathering in church buildings and singing our songs this certain way, you know, and not being six feet apart, but being right next to each other, you know, as if it was bad. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, what if God's saying, I need you to do it different? Now, I'm not proposing that we stand six feet apart. I'm never, I'm not actually a fan of that anyways. But what if God's saying, I need you to meet in homes in under the shadow of darkness because they're trying to hunt you down. What if we have to adapt the way we do church? I actually could perceive it being a massive radical upgrade for each of our souls to actually get out of our comfort zones, to do it differently. When we read that scripture in a new environment, we actually see it with new eyes. There's something very, very beautiful about that repentance of a previous form, pattern, or way unto a new one, as long as that new one is sponsored and developed and superintended by God Almighty. And it's not just something you and I are brainstorming and inventing to be novel and cool, but God's saying, will you follow me? Cloud is moving, guys. Are you going to follow it? And we're like, yes, I will. Which I think is important. Just remember that when we, whatever we give up as the former way of thinking, the new thought is always Jesus. It's, it's the movement of the spirit. It's what yep. he's wanting to do. So it's not that I'm giving up hymns for praise courses. Yes. I'm giving up, all right, I'm willing to give up how I've worshiped so I can worship Jesus afresh in spirit and in yeah. truth, right? I'm, I'm not, I mean, everything that I'm giving up is to embrace Jesus afresh. Yeah. And maybe just as a closing, just as a reminder or a practical, I, I would encourage all of us to freshly come at the foot of the cross and say, okay, Lord, how do you want to change my life? Yeah. And, and, and I think you just need to, even examine your own soul saying, am I willing to lay down, you know, all, all of my past, all of my experience, all of my talent, all of my preferences to embrace Jesus? And even if I prefer some of that stuff back then, am I willing for the sake of the gospel to embrace Jesus and let him be seen in and through my life? And so just as maybe as an encouragement for everybody listening, would you, would you not just esteem repentance? And yes, we need to repent of sin, but even just of the former way of living, could we live a life of repentance where Jesus is the big deal, the center, the North Star, every moment of every single day in our lives? Amen. Well said. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. 
join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.